Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast, where our vision each week is to bring the Lordship of Jesus Christ to our everyday life. And I am especially blessed today because on my Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast, I have Ron Johnson joining me. (laughs) It's a strong name. (laughs) It's not every day you get to have yourself uh, on your own podcast twice. Actually, this is Ron Johnson Jr. and Ron Johnson number three, and I'm also been blessed to have Ron Johnson number four, who we affectionately call Rive. Rive. Uh, but anyway, uh, it is so good to have my son with me today. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. And, uh, and you know, we wanted to talk about, I hope this is a blessing to you all watching, because we really want to pull back the curtain and let, let you have an inside look at, at an important topic, uh, the, the topic of calling and understanding really, you know, who you are and sorting through the whole issue of identity and and uh, you know we got this great big world out out here and and where's your place in the in the world and we believe you're created by God you have an amazing calling on your life and you have your place in the world that is that is a God-shaped place but sometimes the journey you know to get there is a little challenging yeah and uh, so we want to pull back the curtain we want to let you in the Johnson family all right in, in an intimate way careful uh, yeah be careful it's scary in there <laughs> there's a little messy stuff in there sometimes no, but what you know, I think the question that a lot of people have asked me before about you and about our family, hey, what's it like growing up in the Johnson family? Yeah. You know, we we have uh, my dad was a pastor, so your dad's a pastor, your grandpa's a pastor, and then your uh, your, your grandma's dad, yeah. uh, my mom's father, uh, was a pastor. So four generations. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. And then they <laughs> carry the same name. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, What's think, that like? Being, being a pastor's kid was always weird. I've told some friends, I'm like, you know, nobody goes up to, in, uh, uh, you know, like a doctor's kid and goes, we expect you to have perfect health, perfect wellness, perfect diet. Um, but there's something about being a pastor's kid where people have different expectations on you. They want you to fully live out, you know, everything that God has intended for your life. They want you to be fully obedient to your parents and fully obedient to the children's workers at the church. Grace to you for having to deal with pastor's kids. Yeah, I've had a few of those meetings, uh, those awkward yeah, pastors. You need to have a talk with your son. Uh, you mean just because you're uh, born in the household of a parent, it doesn't yeah. mean that you're like perfect in yeah. all your ways? So you, you had a lot of those you know, sort of challenges where people had an expectation of you to, to behave and to act and to talk a certain way. And so that pressure alone is enough to, you know, kind of screw with your mind and screw yeah. with your your interactions and relationships, makes you feel a little distance to people because you're like, man, if you really saw how I am, you're going to be pretty let down. And on top of that, you're going to think my dad's a, a bad dad. So it's just weird, a lot of pressure um, you know, from from a young age, which you you know that pressure um, to a certain extent. Yeah, now, it's interesting because I grew up not in a PK as a PK. I grew up. Uh, my dad's f- f- you know fundamental identity was yeah. as a teacher and as a coach. So I you know it was a little bit different. And, and I guess I just want to ask you this question too. My goal as your dad, I mean, I kind of realized that, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't want any of my eight children. 
to feel like they were living under the microscope, at least not from your, yeah. your my perspective or your mom's perspective. Yeah. I know that was inevitable from yeah. everybody else, maybe. But um, but we really, you know, from the bottom of our heart, wanted you to be able to be you, mm-hmm. and for you to be able to be who God called you to be. You know, mm-hmm. I lived under my in my dad's shadows, and yeah. and those were some humongous shoes to fill, mm-hmm. and. And yet I realized many times I even questioned whether I should pastor because mm-hmm. my dad was the standard of yeah. pastoring. Yeah. And I was different than my dad. Yeah. I was wired different than him. I mean, I respected him like crazy, but he was the consummate pastor. Uh, and uh, and I had different gifts, and I felt like, man, I don't really measure up, or maybe I'm not called to be a pastor. I had a lot of self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And I had to wrestle with those issues, and I'm sure you had to too because you and I are different. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think even compounding upon what we just talked about, being a pastor's kid, you have all this pressure to perform and put up a facade and to kind of, in some ways, deceive people into thinking you're extremely well behaved. You never make mistakes. You always obey your parents. You always make the right decisions. And I don't think I realized how much that would affect this whole idea of calling and what do I want to do and be when I grow up. But I think a lot of that pressure forces you into this kind of this disingenuous posture where you're... you're fake you're, self you're, kind you're of fa- It's not an authentic self at all. And so I think I lived in that for a long time. And I think just the way that I'm wired and then I think feeling the, the pressure of, okay, man, now I got to be like my dad or be like my grandpa. It puts, puts you in all these sort of pressures and these weird tension points where, you know, I, I, I found myself for a lot of years living out of kind of just this false identity. Uh, and you have those moments where you're like, this isn't me. This isn't really what I want. This isn't really what I feel called to do. I'm doing this because of pressure. Yeah. Um, and so I found myself jumping from all sorts of different stuff growing up just because I was, I'm, I'm trying to find me, um, but the problem is it's really hard to find you when you're disingenuous and you're, you're inauthentic inside your own heart. And so, well, part of it's a function too. And I, I know we got some young people watching. Mm-hmm. Some of it's just a function of your age. Yeah, you know, you're 16, 17, 18 years old. You got this massive world out there, and everybody's wanting to know what you're going to be when you grow up. And yeah. it's a scary time. You know, just just. You're not. No one's trying to be inauthentic or yeah. uh, disingenuous. You're just trying to figure out, man, who who am I? Yeah. And um, and hopefully you got people around you, and that's where I think the church can be a blessing. You know, mm-hmm. you got people around you to love you through that, yeah. help you through that, help steer you. You know, put put some good principles in you, which is what we try to do as moms mm-hmm. and dads. Um, but that was a, you know, I know that was a time when you were kind of honey being around. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember, uh, a lot of you that are living stones familiar know that one of our presbyters, uh, apostle Ted Sola is very prophetic, amazing teacher, amazing man of God. And I remember sitting at, at IHOP yeah. at, late night after was one of the only restaurants open after one of our meetings, yeah. I invited you along and we're sitting there with apostle Ted Sola yeah. and, uh, there was kind of a prophetic time in there we were just talking about life and ministry and callings yeah. and then all of a sudden he looked at you do you remember that mm-hmm. and uh and what did he say it was kind of a, it was kind of a transition in the conversation yeah I, you probably remember the the question more clearly i remember the moment um do you remember the question word for word i don't remember the question but i just remember he looked at you and he mm-hmm. said i hope you realize that this is not yeah. We're not just talking yeah, that, theologically or philosophically. Yeah. That the Lord is speaking, speaking to, you to you about your call yeah. as a man of God. Yeah. 
and you were you were juggling all the different options. You had a lot of good options at yeah. the time. Yeah. And I felt like at that moment as a dad, I'm like, yay! Clarity. Ronnie finally has clarity. <laughs> and then it was right after that you got another amazing opportunity, yeah. option, yeah. Uh, to go do something else. Talk to yeah. us about that. Yeah, so, well, in the conversation with Apostle Ted Sola, he was affirming kind of a sense of call of God on my life for fivefold ministry to work within the church. Um, but I was still like unconvinced in a lot of ways, had a lot of the, the same, I, I want to figure out for myself. I think part of that, you know, you live with so much pressure. Many of you probably felt family pressure, life pressure, economic pressure. It makes you start to jump to your own conclusions in a way that um, you, you might not have if you didn't feel the pressure. And so I think just growing up in a pressure where everybody had expectations, sometimes people speaking into my life, I was a little apprehensive. Sure. So you hear this guy confirming it, but mm-hmm. you're like, wait a minute, whose side are you on? Yeah, I need, you to, <laughs> I need to hear from myself. And I think that's a huge part of calling is, no, you're right. is being able to have that relationship with the Lord where from your relationship and from the place of God loving you, you know, things are born or birthed or, or started in your own heart and in your life. And so yeah. I still had a little apprehension because I've heard people speak things over my life or point me in different directions. And you question whether or not they yeah. know you, um, whether or not that, you know, you can trust their voice. And so I just want to pause here because yeah. I think this is a great point. You, you never want to, you know, the words of anybody that's a fivefold ministry, prophetic, you know, friends, parents, um, those are words to, of confirmation, mm-hmm. not words of control. Yeah. And I, I think it's important. You know, every, I shared Sunday, you know, people need to have a burning bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, you needed to have a burning bush. You yeah. needed to have an encounter with the Lord where you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt, hey, this is a calling, not just a, a, a vocation. Yeah. It's not a career choice. Yeah. I, I, you know, and I shared that with you and my dad shared that with me. You know, if you're, if you are thinking about ministry, mm-hmm. You need to make sure that that's just not a career option that you have had it. You have been grabbed by the Lord mm-hmm. because there's no being ungrabbed. Yeah. Uh, you know that once this is your call, your direction is is clear and you're yeah. moving full speed ahead. So, so you but you had a lot of stirring about the marketplace mm-hmm. and you really had some great, uh, you know, options in, in that regard. And yeah. so talk about that because that's important. Yeah. Too. So I got an opportunity to go be a part of a startup, which was something that was you know, uh, big inside my head and heart at the time. Um, and you're just a young, I mean, how old are you at the time? I had just graduated. Yeah. So I was early 20s. 21. Yeah. 21. Um, so got an opportunity to go out to Denver, Colorado, work for a startup home builder with a close family friend and mentor and was just an awesome, awesome experience getting in on the ground level. I was oh, yeah. excited. And then there's some affirmation there too, was the first employee. And so, you know. Yeah, people believing in you, saying leadership ability mm-hmm. in you, that kind of strokes the old heart. Like, yeah. hey, all right, I do I'm have needed. Some, I'm needed, yeah. I'm wanted, I'm yeah. known. I got some gifts. Yeah. So I went out there, and what was amazing is, you know, God used that season, you know, so profoundly to sharpen and, yeah. you know, grow a lot of stuff inside me, leadership stuff, put me in pressure situations to figure out how to get out. Um, but during that time, we got an invitation to go uh, to a church um, up in near Denver, Colorado. Yep. We were in Castle Rock, about 45 minutes away, and uh, to a church called Red Rocks. And so Kara and I went up there. First time we were there, we were, I remember watching a preacher on a screen. It's a multi-site church. And I remember going like, this is kind of weird, but... <laughs> New experience Yeah, strangely, <laughs> I love this church, and I love what they're saying. We felt connected instantly. Yeah. And so I remember about four weeks in... 
one of the pastors came up on stage and said, hey, we're looking for, for more worship leaders and we're looking for more musicians. And for those of you that don't know, that was kind of what I was in since I was about 13 yeah. years old. I started leading worship when I was 13. And so music and worship leading was so so big on my heart. And so when he said that, I'm sitting there and my wife's nudging me. And so we, we just jumped in and started serving. And uh, and I love this again, because I'm speaking. We're yeah. both pastors yeah. here. We can both encourage people. Yeah. Sometimes the way to navigate your calling, God doesn't show you the epiphany. Yeah. Uh, this is who you are. This is what you're going to do. You know, you start... Just yeah. serving, yeah, and and you know the the pastor said, "Here's a need," and you said, "I can help in that yeah. area," and you just jumped right in. Yeah, so we jumped in, and uh, unsure of kind of what that what that would mean for our time and for our lives and stuff, and I found really almost instantaneously that some of the most fond moments of my week were those moments that I was serving on the weekend, and uh, you know I worked all weekend, all week long. At, kind of with expectation of the weekend's coming and I get to play and serve and yeah. I'm not getting paid for any of this, not, not getting any recognition for this, but it was so life-giving to me. And so we just planted ourselves, we're really faithful. And um, it was about a year and a half later that one of the founders of the church bumped into me on a whim in the, the lobby and just said, hey, I'd love to meet with you sometime. I've been hearing some things about you. Um, and so I ended up grabbing coffee with him and I remember getting to the end of that coffee and he asked me the question. He said, listen, I don't want to presuppose anything, which was for, for me so disarming as a pastor's kid. I want to presuppose or push anything on you. But he says, I just want to tell you what I see when I'm hearing. I'm, I'm seeing that, uh, you have great leadership gifts and, uh, people in, in your life are affirming that behind your back, just so you know. And he asked me the question, he said, um, have you ever considered going into ministry full-time? And, and so <laughs> now he didn't guy, know anything yeah, about me. He doesn't know you. He doesn't know that you're Ron Johnson the, uh, the third. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't know anything about your dad, your grandpa, or any of your yeah. pedigree. Yeah. So that had to, I mean, did Huge. it shock you? Shocking. Well, because <laughs> part of the why we went away and went to Denver, a lot of it was just like, man, I just need to figure out who the heck I am. And I need to figure out what God's call is for my life, what I'm supposed to do, what I'm genuinely good at. Because my whole life, people would go, oh, you're just like your dad. You're going to be just like him. And, <laughs> and you're going, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. But I'm I, no, in, I, internally, we know how different we are, our wirings and, and yeah. passions and you know hobbies. And so I remember pe feeling like another th way where people didn't really know me, but they're trying to right, go, right, hey, right. you got the same name. So yeah. you're going to be up there on stage, take over the right. church, do the thing. And so... Right. Part of us going to Denver was like an exodus in many ways of just like, we're going to go, we're going to wander in the wilderness and figure out who the heck we are and what we're called to do. And so for that to have happened um, was so... Yeah, let, let me let jump in here again, too. Yeah. Sometimes we think the wilderness is a cuss word. No. But the wilderness is really, uh, I believe it's a time in every person's life that has a call on your life, mm -hmm. the Lord... The Lord takes you to the wilderness. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not a, a detour. It's mm -hmm. actually part of the main course. Yeah. And, uh, and like you said, you just needed to get away from everything that was from kind of like Abraham. You know, yeah. leave, leave your family, leave your home, yeah. go somewhere. I'll tell you. I'll tell you on the way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, even Jesus. You know, like yeah. early in the Gospels, right as he gets, you know, the blessing of God on his life of his Father, the Bible says that then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. 
and you look at some of those wilderness stuff and you're like, how on earth? No, that was the Holy Spirit's leading. It was the yeah, time of affirmation where Absolutely. his heart would be tested and tried. And, uh, and I also want to back up because some people, you know, sometimes we look in terms of calling and we look at, well, you could go be part of a business startup or you could uh, go into the ministry mm -hmm. and uh, you could go do something secular or you yeah. could do something really spiritual yeah. and you know we preach that here at living stones i know you you embrace mm -hmm. it as well that that's a false dichotomy and mm -hmm. I, you know when you told me hey dad i still have this itch um what i did is i said go go scratch the itch yeah. um you, you never want to have a second thought in your mind mm -hmm. that you I really wonder what if I should have been doing this or what if I would have pursued that course, you know, would that have been a different, better outcome? Mm -hmm. I think as long as you have those second guess kind of things in your mind or plan B or mm -hmm. a back door, uh, you're always going to be wondering. And so mm -hmm. I just encouraged Ronnie, even though we had had this meeting that I thought was a prophetic confirmation, mm -hmm. Uh, that he still had this itch and he still had an, some amazing opportunities. Yeah. And we blessed you. Yeah. And I think that's important for parents. That, you know what? My job is not to squeeze you yeah. uh, into my mold or yeah. my expectations, um, but just to release you. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and you guys have always done such a good job, which has been freeing. There's something, too, I think, about like when somebody does trust you to make a decision it heightens your awareness and your, yeah. your your sensitivity when making that decision. It's right. like when my when my wife goes, I trust you to make that decision. I was so <laughs> bold trying to convince her to trust me. And now that she trusts me, I'm like, oh my goodness, I hope that this is right. <laughs> yeah. So there's something almost like, you know, catch 22 that happens. Yeah, like I'll release you, son. And then it was like, oh goodness, hopefully this makes sense. So parents, release your kids. Um, trust them. You give them some some bandwidth, even if they make mistakes. You know. Just to say, hey, you know, if you're called to uh, build homes, you're called to be a banker, you're mm -hmm. called to be in sales, whatever it is, you know, do it for the glory of God and mm -hmm. max it out for His purposes. And just want to say to anybody who's listening, um, whatever you do when you do it for the glory of God is holy and it's valuable and it's mm -hmm. and it's ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're not creating some false dichotomy here. But but that mm -hmm. was your. That was your, you know, man, you could have gone in and, and been building homes for the glory of God. This yeah. company was Christian-owned, Christian vision. Yeah. It was great, and they're doing and they're doing a great work. Mm -hmm. But you had to figure out, here, now here's somebody comes out of the blue again and mm -hmm. says to you, hey, have you ever? Mm -hmm. So your mind's spinning, I'm sure. Yeah. What did you say to him at that point? Were you, were you dumbfounded, speechless? Yeah, well, for, so being a PK, everybody knows you as the pastor's kid. We went away, and nobody knew us as anybody. You know, it was a blank yeah. slate. And so... For him to say that, for me, was one of the greatest affirmations of a call of God on my life, that people in my life were affirming something that they didn't know I was the son of a pastor, a preacher's kid, or they didn't know any of that stuff. And so for me, that moment was so, it like shook me at my core. I remember I just sat there and tears ran down my face because wow. it was like, it, it was one of the greatest like prophetic moments of feeling, not just known by this guy, I was barely known by this guy, but I felt very known by God in that yeah. moment. Um, and boy, that's the point. Yeah. Known by God. When, mm -hmm. when, and that's, I think, the nature of a call. It's God, God chasing you down. Mm -hmm. It's God pursuing you. Mm -hmm. It's God letting you know, hey, I've created you for a special purpose. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and, and it touches us deeply because it's so intimate. Mm -hmm. It's so unique to who we are. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so the tears, I think, again, are yeah. you were going through a lot of healing in that season, yeah. oh, too. Oh, big time. Big time. Yeah, I feel like... One of the main things that God did in our time of going to Denver was 
kind of shifting some stuff in my mind and in my theology. I got some weird thinking growing up, and I think some of it was just out of pressure and scarcity and fear of failure and people-pleasing. But I associated a ton of that with God. Um, And it just made me so timid to do anything and apprehensive, and I was stuck in my mind. Some of you might be feeling that. Which way do I go? I don't want to make a mistake. And some people get stuck in that rut for years, and they never make the leap. They never make the change. They never stay planted um, because they're just apprehensive. And so we went out there, and I feel like that one of the greatest gifts that God gave us during that time was getting to the to the ground floor of my primary calling is to allow God to love me back to life. Um, uh, From there, everything flows. It's the whole Galatians 5 principle of the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit gets born from the fact that we're rooted and grounded in God's love, and then He bears fruit in our life. Um, But the grounding and the love is the is a cornerstone cornerstone and so for me i was trying to go okay what do i need to go and do with the 40 plus hours of my week to get god's love what do i need to do to get his approval and his favor and his blessing instead of realizing no 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 what jesus did for me is he provided for me this grounding where everything i get to do now is born from the unconditional undeserved love of god for my life um, that changed so much. It was like the most freeing thing for me to just go like, oh, God, you don't need me to please you. Um, you don't need right. me to serve you. You want me to be loved by you. And then out of that, I get to go serve him and worship him and love him and enjoy him and do these great things. But it's all born from a place of being loved unconditionally. And so all so much of that, you know, is associated with my PK baggage, but so many people feel that, you yeah, know, a lot feeling, of people. feeling baggage from past stuff or baggage from, you know, maybe you met, you know, Christ late in your life and you're, you're feeling like, man, I got to make right all the wrong that I did. How do I earn that? And, you know, show God that I appreciate the salvation or the love. Right. And we end up getting in this place where that's where striving is born from and yeah. stress is born from. It's where performance anxiety is born from and people-pleasing. If you can get back to the place where everything that I do in my life is born from the truth, unshakable truth, that I'm unconditionally loved by God. That's awesome. Everything else gets born from there as fruit. And that, you know, you talk about being a cornerstone. How how many of us uh, are doing things with our life because that's what we thought would please our dad. Mm -hmm. That was what... Uh, our generations did. Maybe everybody's a doctor, everybody's a lawyer, um, but never getting in touch with your identity as a son or a daughter and uh, and knowing that if you don't do anything, mm-hmm. you're greatly loved uh, mm-hmm. and giving you the freedom then to pursue your passions. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said. You know, In fact, I've, I'd like to ask all my kids this question. If your dad was not here and your dad's not your pastor and your dad is gone, uh, passed away, would you still pursue... Jesus, are you still going to be in church on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Are you still going to be part of a life group? Are you mm-hmm. still going to be work on the worship team? Mm-hmm. In other words, is this relationship real for you? Yeah. And I love the fact that when you went away, you know, one of the first things you guys did, you and Kara, as mm-hmm. newlyweds, yeah. found a good church. Yeah. And I love the fact, too, I don't know if you all heard Ronnie's testimony here, but it was subtle, but it was so good. When the pastor comes to you, what he's saying is, other people, I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. other people are 
affirming mm -hmm. the gifting of God on your life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if we're not rooted in relationships, mm -hmm. we get really perverted in who we think we are and, and what our gifts are. Sometimes we have an overestimation of our importance, uh, an overestimation of how anointed we are, of how yeah. great we are. Or the flip side's true. We have an underestimation. We think we're nobody and we're nothing. We don't have any gifts. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's so important that you stay connected with people mm -hmm. because 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 you know the bible says a man's gift will make room for him and bring mm -hmm. him before kings mm -hmm. so if you are called to love people and pastor people mm -hmm. there's nowhere you're going to go mm -hmm. where that's not going to be what people see in you yeah. because that is who god made you to be yeah yeah well then the whole idea of you know god making room for us because of the giftings and callings number one god knows your giftings and his, and his and your callings He's not confused by it. He's not wondering what you're good at and trying to find a place for you. Right. Um, he knows exactly, you know, the Bible says that many other plans in the mind of the man, but God directs his steps. Yeah. Um, just, I think what has been so fun about Kara and I's journey is I've never had to send out a resume. I've never had to ask for a job. God's always opened a door. And our job was just to respond out of who we are, out of our giftings, out of how he made us and designed us to be is just to say yes and occupy that space. Yeah. And, and for your mom and I, you know, we believe in generational blessing. Mm -hmm. uh, we preach that, mm -hmm. uh, that as you walk generationally and you pass the baton and the anointing on to the next generation. I still laugh. I remember a time I asked Ronnie to share a communion message and you know, I wanted to be fathering and pastor and help him out. And I said, son, you know, if you if you need any help, you know, putting this little message together, you know, you let me know. <laughs> and Ronnie said, Dad, you know, I'm your son. I'm moving in double double blessing or uh, yeah. uh, double anointing. Yeah. And again, I love that coming out of a, a childish heart, but it's the truth. And, yeah. you know, we have been amazed just as God has really, you talk about opportunity, mm -hmm. swung the doors open for you to be at some of the the leading mm -hmm. churches in America with, with national voices and mm -hmm. large congregations and multi-site and, you know, ministering to tens of thousands mm -hmm. of people every Sunday. And again, you you didn't seek it, didn't send out application, resumes, uh, you know, yeah. applications. It, it, God just opened these doors mm -hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And it's really been, it's been a joy for us to, to watch God's blessing on your life. Yeah, it's been fun. It's a fun journey. So in closing, I guess, what, what would you say to somebody that's out there watching right now and hearing your story? Uh, uh, what would you encourage them? Maybe some practical things to do as they're trying to come to grips with, mm -hmm. with an identity and a call. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'd like for you to close this out just and pray for people. Yeah, uh, I love it. So, yeah, final word of wisdom. So for me, um, my kind of life verse is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and it says to, to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Um, the end goal for all of us is we want our path to be straight. Mm. I want to know what I'm supposed to do, when I'm supposed to do it, and how I'm supposed to do it, how fast, how slow. You don't want your life to look like this. No. <laughs> Getting to your God's purpose for you. you. You want him to make your path straight, and so I think... I think so many of us start um, at the wrong point and we end up in the wrong point. If you want your, your path to be straight, the first thing you got to do is trust in the Lord. Um, that, that trust in God literally means to lean on the character or the disposition of somebody. And so I think at the end of the day, the biggest question as you wrestle with calling and identity and purpose can you lean on God's disposition? Do you really know him and trust him and believe that his heart for you is good, his intentions for you are good, his plans for you are good? Um, 
I think so many people get stuck in striving and ambition and pride and arrogance and restlessness, workaholism, trying to achieve something that they don't ultimately believe, they don't ultimately trust, that God just wants to provide for them. And yeah. so um, I, I would say my greatest encouragement for you is if you're in a season where maybe you're struggling for purpose, calling, identity, what the heck am I here for? I would just say start with the very, very, very most basic true thing, and that's can you trust in the love of God for your own life? Um, and out of that, he's going to direct your steps. He promises to provide for us. He promises to give us clarity. He promises to be our counselor. We get all the fruit of God when you can trust in who he is at you know the depth of who he is. And so that would be my greatest encouragement for you. I know you feel like maybe you need a pay raise. Um, maybe you feel like you need direction. Maybe you feel like you need a new job. Maybe you feel like you need to change careers. Some of those things might be true and they might happen. But I think at the base of the, the anxiousness that you feel in your heart is really a belief in Jesus Christ, that he is God. He loves you. He cares for you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Um, those are, I think, the most foundational things. So I would say first and foremost, man, let this time where you're get, feeling anxious um, let it be a time where God challenges where your confidence is. Because um, I think you'll you'll find way more fruit um, when your theology is right than if you polish up your resume and shoot it out to a thousand of your dream jobs. Um, he'll make your path straight, but can That's you good. trust him to do so? Um, that'd be, probably be my, my greatest encouragement. And then let everything in your life be born from the love of God for you. Um, let it transform you. It's the whole so John 15, the fruit and the vine. You're going to bear much fruit when you abide in the vine. Um, uh, Galatians 5, you can read that also. Um, the fruits of the Spirit. Notice that the, the, the fruit from your life will be born from His Spirit in you. Um, and so that'd be my, my uh, encouragement would be, man, take this time to fall more in love with Jesus and to trust his intentions, his kindness, his love, and his care for you. Yeah. Um, and he will make your path straight. Um, That's good. So you know, I remember reading as a young man, and of course, as, a, as an older man now, this, the Bible hasn't changed, but the, the Psalms, it says, I'm paraphrasing something, the fact that, you know, the Lord knows the plans that he has for us mm -hmm. and that he will bring those things about. And it dawned on me one time when I was struggling, like, who am I? What am I supposed to do? I felt like I was not on the right time schedule. I'm mm -hmm. like lagging behind or I'm mm -hmm. missing. And it struck me that, you know what? I belong to the Lord. God knew me in my mother's womb before mm -hmm. the foundation of the world. He has a plan. And if anybody wants to see the plan unfold, mm -hmm. it's God. Mm -hmm. So that point you made about surrender and moving out of the love of God, then everything's so easy because mm -hmm. the Lord just says, let me, I've got a really exciting journey yeah. that we're going to do together here yeah. and it's going to blow your mind. It's yeah. going to be so awesome. Yeah. It, it's powerful. I think when people get that, that I don't need to impress God. Um, at the end of the day, God ultimately doesn't need me. He lacks nothing. Yeah. Um, he, he's going to have his purposes be fulfilled. And so uh, it was so freeing for me to know God didn't design me to worship Him. He didn't design me to serve Him. He designed me to be loved and to enjoy to enjoy oh, relationship. relationship. Yeah. And then from there, I want to serve Him. I want to worship Him. I want yeah. to be known by Him. You know, there, you might be watching, and I think probably this, the biggest message I'm hearing from the Father's heart to you right now is just if you're not, if you've never come to that place of surrender, you've never given your life to Christ, mm -hmm. you don't even you haven't even taken the first step in understanding your identity. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it all begins with Jesus mm -hmm. and it all begins with understanding who you are as a son or a daughter. Mm -hmm. And that 
That's just called surrender. You know, you've got to give up control of your life. You've got to give your life to the Lord. You are created by Him and for Him uh, and for relationship. He loves you. So, Ronnie, would you close this in prayer? And if you're watching today and you've never made that kind of commitment, I just encourage you to do that. But uh, but I want Ryan just to bless you and pray for mm-hmm. you on on your journey as you discover the amazing you know call and purpose that God has for your life. Yeah. God, I want to pray first and foremost for people that haven't put their belief and their trust in who you are, um, and they haven't allowed their life to be defined by what you've done and by who you are and your love for them. Uh, God, your word says that you will never leave us nor forsake us, um, that you love us unconditionally with a love that doesn't waver. It doesn't increase or decrease. It is a perfect love, and that perfect love casts off all fear from our life, your word says. And so, God, I just pray for people right now that are feeling anxious, people that are feeling uh, maybe worrisome, maybe their identity feels shaken. Or God, I know there's a lot of people struggling with purpose right now. Uh, they're stuck at home. Their hobbies have been stripped from them. Maybe their work has been stripped from them. Some of their security has been stripped from them. Mm-hmm. God, it is your kindness that you would allow the things that the enemy meant for harm, that you would turn them for good. And so, God, I just pray that during this time where people are feeling like they're shaken, um, God, I just pray that you would use this time to have them assess what they were standing on to begin with. And uh, God, for so many people, they're finding great liberty during this time um, as it relates to their calling and purpose and provision, because what they were standing on has been shaken and has proven to be uh, inadequate for their lives to be built upon it. So God, I pray that that you would use these words, you'd use this season to redirect people back to you, back to standing on a foundation that doesn't get shaken, doesn't waver, doesn't wane. Um, Lord, use this time. And God, I just pray, would you direct people's steps as they continue to place um, their trust inside of you? And God, for those people that haven't declared you as Lord, haven't made you Lord of their lives, God, I just pray, would you use this season to allow them to realize that their plans, their ways have always uh, led to destruction. But God, when we lean upon you and allow you to make our way, make our path, make our, our, our path straight, Jesus, you say that you are the road. God, would you be the way for people? Um, would you create a straight path for people in this time? And God, I just pray, would you direct their steps as they continue to, to trust you? We love you and we praise you. Thank you, Jesus, for your unfailing, unconditional love. God, I pray that we would live and abide in that and that all the fruit from our lives would point back from you, the source and the provider of everything. We pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, I know that was for you, and I also have this sneaky feeling that you probably know about a dozen people who could benefit yeah. from hearing this message because it's something we all struggle with. So if you could uh, make sure you share this and get it out and spread the word, uh, I know it'll be a great blessing to so many people. But my son, I love you. I'm proud love of you. you. Thank you. Thanks for being a part of our podcast today. Yeah. And uh, Again, we look forward to being with you next week. So until then, have a great week. Enjoy God's love for you and uh, and move in that uh, that great place of love and acceptance. All right. Enjoy the Lord. We love you both. We're praying for you as you discover God's direction more clearly for your life. And we hope this podcast will be an ongoing source of encouragement uh, for you. All right. So we'll see you next week. Bye bye.